Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's fucking burn days. Burn days. Burn days, we didn't get a break. Get a drink. Hello, and welcome to the Rooker Report Ratings Podcast. In association with Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen, my name's Rich Spirt, and I'm joined down the line from Peterborough by Malk Dugdale. How are you, Mel? I'm well, but I'm very, very confused after what's been <laughs> a very interesting afternoon. What's <laughs> wasn't it? Uh, honestly, that, that was some kind of freak of nature, that game, but we'll come <laughs> on to that. But I'm very well, Rich, and I hope you are too, mate. Nice to talk to you. I am. I am. The sun is shining, uh, which for where I live on the side of a mountain uh, just makes life a lot easier. And... Mike, I'm sure the sun's shining for you because you're the other side of the Irish Sea in Dublin. How are you today, mate? Yeah, a bit like uh, Malk there. Slightly confused after that performance for about 75 minutes. I was uh, giving out to myself that I didn't watch the rugby, but uh, <laughs> in the end, I, I'm feeling a little bit better. A little bit better after the end. A really tough game there against Crew away from home and we've come out of it 2-2. We started the game with uh, Lee Burgeon goal, Conor McLaughlin, Dion Sanderson, Luke O'Nine and Calmet Fadzin at the back, uh, Lyndon Gooch, Max Power, Josh Scowen uh, in the midfield and the front three of O'Brien, White and McGeady. Uh, what did you think of the lineup, Malk? I thought it was it was a, a strong offering before the game. I was I think there's a, a lot of argument that we've got to rotate some of the older players mm. like McGeady and um, Ledbitter. So, you know, I wasn't surprised that um, there was some talk that Scowen had a bit of a, a tweaky hamstring or something. So I wasn't surprised that that was a bit of rotation. But uh, but yeah, I was I was happy enough with the lineup. I was hoping Jones might have got a start because I think he deserved it. Mm. And obviously, uh, you know, we'll talk about his performance in the game a bit later on. Um, but yeah, the, the, there was lots of different formations that we could have gone for. Um, but the staff, I think, were more or less what I was expecting. Um, so yeah, I was I was happy enough with it before the game, for sure. Yeah, so it was Ledbetter who um, came out for, for Scow and Mike. And yeah, when that t- team sheet was released, I had it written down as a 3-4-3. But it was, uh, it was a 4-3-3 in the end. Do you think that was the right system to go with, Mike? Yeah, he went for a flat back four, which I thought was kind of strange considering the success we were having with the three at the back um, over the last couple of weeks. I think it backfired. Mm. I don't think it worked out. And I think, obviously, as you could see in the first half, we were absolutely deplorable. 
Um, I think the midfield got a little bit overran just with Scowen and uh, Max Power in there, kind of. They both, they both underperformed anyway, but I just think that the crew midfielders really took control of the game and there just seemed to be so much space everywhere for the crew players getting forward. So it was quite clear that the system wasn't working. We we obviously failed the way we were playing. We failed to get Aidan McGeady into the game at all, uh, mm-hmm. any capacity. So it, it didn't really work out. And I was surprised that he kind of persisted with it for as long as he did. It, it took a while for him to make a change. But yeah, the the system certainly didn't work out. No, and uh, certainly in that first half, let's run through the instance in the first half really quickly. I mean, Lyndon Gooch had a decent shot on 16 minutes, but to be frank, it was all crew from then on in. Sanderson made a mistake on 22 and, and to be fair to himself, recovered for a good clearance. Then they scored on 29 minutes. Far too easy for them to get uh, through our defence. It was uh, Calum Fadzin was was absolutely um, at fault for the goal there. And then on 30 minutes, they could have scored again. And they did get their second goal on 37 minutes, which was very similar to the first in that we, we seemed to get caught short, didn't we, Mark? We did, yeah. I mean, I agree with uh, with Michael's comment there. You know, they just had so much space. There's no way that that formation could have been right. The, the, the team... I think the guys on the, whatever they call it, the stream or whatever, mentioned that the fellas never got off the bus or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's one of them statements that you, you use when you're playing away from home. I'm not sure. You know, I do think it was a big formation challenge. And that one, you know, both goals were what my son used to call sweaties. I don't know if that's a common term on, uh, <laughs> on like FIFA and stuff like that. You know, where they just tippy tapped it around, squared it and somebody had a tap in. It could have been, it could have been worse than 2-0. At the end, yeah. you know, before we start to get back into the game, but it was very, very disjointed in the first half. And my son was kind of watching it with me on the couch, and he said, "I might just bugger off, Dad. I've had enough of this." <laughs> and I called him a plastic fan, and then he stuck around for a bit, and I'm pleased he did. <laughs> I thought Crew were by far the better team in in the first half. I thought we sat a little bit deep. And which probably betrayed the fact that we were nervous with that formation. And I thought we looked leggy and tired. And I, and I think Danny Collins mentioned that a few times. He did say that we hadn't got off the bus. I thought, uh, Mike, that it looked like we turned up expecting it to be an easier game than it was, which is strange because in the pre-match presser, Lee Johnson was was singing the praises of Crew, saying how talented a team they were and how they liked to play good football. So, yeah, I don't know what what you thought of maybe the reasons for that crap first half from us, Mike. Yeah, there was certainly a complacency there from the way we played. I, I I don't I don't know if it was on purpose, if people were coming in overconfident considering the last couple of weeks we had. But I suppose crew have actually been playing quite decently lately. They 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 came into the game in a little bit of form and from led to believe. So they were playing quite well. I think they just got the better start. And I mean, as you said, we were a little bit deep and we were kind of inviting the pressure onto us. I mean, every week I'm on this podcast giving out about this chat but McFadzi and again it's just oh. Everything seems to be coming down the wing he's on. Yeah, It's becoming a, mo- a bigger and bigger issue as the weeks go on. And it's certainly, I think, something that has to be looked at going forward as well because it's just too many mistakes are coming from that man. And I just think as, as the game went on in the first half, obviously, as I said before, the midfield, the crew, crew got more and more confident. Um, Mandron absolutely dominated, I thought, Lugo 9 and Sanderson mm. for more or less the whole first half. So I think, I think it was just the crew's confidence grew as the game went on and we just looked completely off the pace. Yeah. So we went in at half-time probably lucky to be 2-0 down. My note at half-time was that we needed um, to bring Jones on because I thought uh, uh, O'Brien didn't have a great great performance. Um, but there was no changes at half-time. And on 52 minutes, my word, I think we had a let-off when the ball went through uh, Lee Burge's legs after after being cut 
back in from the byline. The referee called that the ball had gone out, which I don't think the whole of the ball across the whole of the line. A minute later, Aidan O'Brien had a half chance on a, on a volley that he just stuck over the bar. And then five minutes later, we made four substitutions. Jones, Maguire, Leadbitter and Diamond coming on uh, for McFadzine, Gooch. Uh, it was O'Brien and McGeady came off as well. And then two minutes later, we had a horrific injury to Grant Ledbetter. Mark, that looked painful, didn't it? It's weird, though, isn't it? I mean, it looked absolutely innocent as the day is mm. long. You know, he fell over and tried to kind of, you know, stop him, stop his face from hitting the grass by putting his arms out. But um, I agree with what some of the commentary was saying. I, I, I know a lot of lads who've got motorbikes and a few mates have got skiing habits in the winter. And if you if you put your arms out and you get the pressure wrong, you pop your shoulder, don't you? Mm. And the blokes, you know, a, a footballing legend as far as the squad that we've got at the moment, you know, and he's mm-hmm. he, he doesn't go down easy and he was, you could hear him whimpering, you know, so he was obviously in a lot of grief. So good luck to the fella, you know, we talked about the rotation being needed for some of our more mature players. I didn't want it to happen like that. I wanted it to happen because <laughs> mm-hmm. we choose when we take him off, you know what I mean? But yeah, absolutely innocuous challenge from the crew player, you know, we'll have to see what comes out in the press about Leadbitter's injury and the recovery yeah. period you know and um, hopefully it'll be reasonably short because we do need his his knowledge and his calm and influence in the in the central midfield at times yeah he was replaced by Carl Winchester and we'll come to his performance but I thought he, he was neat on the ball if not uh, without really doing anything um in particular to affect the game the game was really scrappy I thought for much of the second half we had no control over the game for large periods but then on on 75 minutes we, we came into it a little bit more in the lead up to it but we had a, a fantastic individual goal from Jordan Jones cutting him from the left and uh, hitting it on his right and leaving the goalie with absolutely no chance whatsoever we then had two free kicks from Chris Maguire that could have ended with an equaliser I think one was Luke 09 just uh, missed out with a header and on 77 and then on 89 if Dion Sanderson had stuck his boot out he would have put the ball in the back of the net um, Maguire really did affect the game at that point didn't he it re- it, when we were getting back into it Mike it was it was Maguire who was at the centre of everything the king is back Rich the king is back <laughs> long live the king yeah <laughs> no he, he was really really good when he came on and I'm glad you mentioned those crosses I think the first one he put in for 09 09 should have done so much better mm. with that header because it was a, it was a, it was a clear free header from uh, but himself and Jordan Jones when they came on made a, a massive impact and probably obviously they got the two goals but other than that their performances they're the only reasons we got something out of the game you said as well we never really sustained pressure mm-hmm. um, and even when they came on they they did they had glimpses of uh, good play but yeah uh, we, we certainly got out of jail with that Maguire goal and he, he, he was it was great to see him playing that like that because it's been a while since we've seen the good performance from Maguire uh, so hopefully it can continue over the next few weeks because I'm sure there'll be a few changes after today's game. After those near misses, we had nine minutes of injury time announced because of uh, all of the changes and because of Grant Ledbit have been, I think, on the ground for about six minutes. Six of those nine minutes uh, went by before Malk, uh, we saw maybe one of the best goals, best finishes we've we've seen from a Sunderland player for quite a while. I mean, I know Grant Ledbit has scored a screamer earlier in the season, but my word, Mark, Chris McGuire's uh, volley was, was something else, wasn't it? You could have had four goalies and they wouldn't have saved that, honestly. 
That was an absolute <laughs> peach of a goal. And very, you know, I'm over the moon for Chris Maguire. There was a lot of chatter a few yeah. weeks ago about is he part of the coach's plans? You know, is is he now, you know, fading off? People were wondering if we might sell him in the January window. But when, when he comes on and plays for half an hour like you did just there, you just remember the lad that, you know, turned up with a little bit of a questionable reputation and absolutely showed people what he can do. And he's done it again today, you know. It reminded me a little bit the other week. Um, I think it was Conor McLaughlin had a had a chance on the edge of the box, a similar way. Mm. He banged it. I don't know if the goalie saved it. I can't remember. I think the goalie might have just caught it because he didn't catch it quite as flush as Big Chris did. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm over the moon for the bloke. He clearly bleeds red and white when he gets a cut. He's done a lot of positive movement for his actual position in the team with that appearance for 30 minutes because you know people like him and Jones are clearly game changers and that's what we needed today and that's what they did well yeah I mean that is the thing about the strength of our squad is that you can bring decent quality off the bench I mean if you look at the five players that we brought on they they would probably all walk into most other teams in this league it was one of those substitutes who had the final chance of the match on 98 minutes when Carl Winchester headed over another Maguire, beautiful Maguire free kick in yeah. the box. And the game ended 2-2. So I'm going to go into some of the three-word reviews that have been sent in on the uh, Roker Report Twitter account. I'll quickly run through some from uh, our colleagues on the Roker Report. We've got Anthony Geyer saying that we're lucky fucking bastards, which is an understatement. <laughs> uh, and Waterson saying uh, heal the king. Gary Morris saying thank fucking God. Some uh, reader comments. We've got uh, Kevin saying daylight fucking robbery. And I think, again, you can't disagree with that. April no. Jane saying that was close. Jamie, SCFC saying uh, undeserved, but how way. Evan Lloyd take the draw. Ian Dennell smash and grab. Mark Koopman's well salvage point. We've got Gavin Evans get out of jail. You can see the trend here. Uh, which yeah. <laughs> is uh, which is that we're a bit blooming lucky with that. So let's go into uh, the player ratings. I'll be taking the the goalkeeper as is traditional, and I gave Lee Burge a, a five. I think probably could have been a six. I thought he had a couple of uncertain moments. He did tip one over on twenty three minutes. He had a nice save on eleven. He was comfortable, but I think all round it was a five. He conceded two. Not that anywhere particularly his fault. Mark, I'll come to you for McLaughlin. Yeah, I thought Connor was um, definitely one of our better defenders. I mean, he hasn't got much competition in McFadden, but I'll let somebody else talk about that chap. Um, he uh, he had a. He, I gave him a five for the first half, and I gave him a, a six, come six and a half for the second, because uh, in the second half he 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 put a, a decent ball in, um, and I think O'Brien put it over the bar, um, you know. So he was trying to affect what was the outcome. Um, Obviously, it's not a clean sheet. We've let a couple in, uh, but crew are very, very strong at home. One of the strongest home records in the league. So uh, I think I'll I'll settle on a five for McLaughlin. The first half was shocking for all of the defence, um, but he, he did work better in the second period. Well, I went for a six, and I'm just trying to pull up Jimmy's ratings now, and uh, I think Jimmy's given him a four. So there you go. I think you've you've split the difference. Five's a good there. average, then, isn't it? Okay. Pretty, pretty well. well. Yeah, yeah. Mike, you can have Dion Sanderson. Yeah, um, probably not Sanderson's strongest game in comparison to how he's been playing the last few weeks. Uh, he's been really impressive. Um, he was strong in the tackle first half. I think he stood Porter up well at times, but maybe he got too close to him, uh, which kind of he he kind of 
put his foot in where he maybe didn't have to, gave a couple of fouls away. Uh, not great, but de- definitely got better in the second half. Uh, had a chance to win it at the end. I suppose overall he was probably not our worst defender, but I've given him, given him a five because it was a bad day at the office for most of the defence. You've matched Jimmy that. I've given him a six because I thought he actually probably stopped us conceding on three or four occasions, but I think five's pretty fair. So, Malk, we come to uh, Luke 09. Yeah, again, it wasn't a great day at the office for Luke either. I mean, you were quite right, Rich, in your um, summary where he really, especially a guy like him who does get goals, even when he's playing out position, he really should have done better with that header to get us, you know, a, another goal on the, on the board. I gave him a four in the first half, but then I think apart from McLaughlin, who I thought was the strongest defender, I think all of the defenders were no better than a four. I gave him a six in the second half because I thought he was getting involved a bit more. So I'm going to um, level him out as a five as well. N- not a great day for any of the defence. Um, everybody's allowed an off day now and again. So five's probably fair, I think. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I think I'll take Calm at Fadzin. Okay. Um, <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> well, well, where do we, where, where do we start? Uh, at fault for their goal. Poor all round. Got a yellow card. Didn't cut out the cross on 37 for the second goal. Jimmy has been extraordinarily generous in giving him a zero. So I don't <laughs> So I don't know what that makes my two. It probably makes it far too generous. But that was for um, literally two half-decent balls down the line for Charlie, into space for Charlie White. Probably well, he gets a point just, for each. <laughs> yeah, and, and each, and well, half a point for each and a half a point for lacing up each boot. For turning up, yeah. <laughs> So I come to um I come to you, Mike, for, for Lyndon Gooch. Yeah, I suppose the, the narrative of Lyndon Gooch is continuing here, completely, completely inconsistent. Mm. Um other than the shot that he had in the first half in the sixteen minutes, uh like he, he ran around a bit, I suppose is what I can say. He 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 tried hard. I think he sort of lacked games and game intelligence at times mm. where he was taking shots on where he didn't have to. There was probably a better option out to the wing to pass it off. But I, I mean, credit to Gucci did try, but I, it was a poor enough performance from him. Um, I didn't really know where he was playing either. He was kind of, I didn't know, was he a wing or attacking mid or in this supposed to be in the centre with Scown and Power, but whatever it was, it didn't suit him today. And I have given Gucci a four. Yeah, I've given him a, a four as well. And Jimmy's gone with three, I think uh, three and a half is probably a decent mark for him there. Um, Malka, come to you for Max Power. Max Max had an okay day, I think. He was industrious. You know, he, mm. he, did, the, he did the lead bit of role reasonably well in the first half all the, all said he wasn't given the opportunity to do it as well as I think he could because as we've commented on before the formation was just fundamentally wrong and um, mm-hmm. you know we were giving them way too much space in the midfield if I can do a half point I'll give him a five and a half because I gave him a five in the first half and a six in the second but if we're not doing half points I'll round him down to a five because <laughs> I don't think he did a great deal of um, exceedingly special things and I haven't yeah. got him written down of any doing anything of, of significant note um, so I'll probably call it a five and um, you know hopefully um, we can learn from this experience in our midfield because we've definitely got to Yeah you've matched up with both me and Jimmy there with a five uh, I thought he was industrious that's probably our best player in the first half or uh, up there with our best players in the first that, half That wasn't hard though was it to be fair <laughs> No it wasn't, wasn't. <laughs> um, I'm going to take Josh Scowen who had a funny game I think it was a weird performance. Too easily bypassed, I've got noted down for in the first half. Um, he had a deflected shot wide, but I've got literally nothing written down from him in the second half, and he was on the pitch the entire time, which probably makes yeah. my four 
pretty generous. Uh, Jimmy's gone with a three. Let's let's call that a three and a half. I don't know. Mike, uh, Aidan O'Brien. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, well, not much really to say about Aidan O'Brien either. I suppose lo- lots of running. He, he he tried to get in, run down the channels. He had a couple of half chances, you'd call them. I think there was one decent one at the start of the second half. I thought he actually did kind of quite well, mm. the way the ball came into him on the half volley. But not great, Rich, to be honest. And mm. I think it was, it was the right decision to take him off at the time. And I've given Aidan O'Brien a four. I think that was generous. I've given him a three. Yeah. Just looking for him on uh, Jimmy's ratings. And he's, Zero, given, he's given him a four. <laughs> he's given him a four. Oh. Um, I tell you what, I'll take Charlie Wyke and I'll, and I'll let you have Geeds. Charlie Wyke, I thought he was decent. I thought his, his hold-up play was all right. He just had nothing to feed on in the first half. No. Second yeah. half, um, he missed a decent chance on 55. He seemed to be marked out of the game. And then, but then his flick on on, on the ninety six minute was was pretty crucial to getting the ball over to um, Chris Maguire for that screamer. So I've given him a five. It's probably a little bit generous. I don't know, but there you go. That's a five. So I'll come to you, Malk, for Ian McGeady. Again, another poor day at the office for somebody who, in recent weeks, has been an absolute revelation. And and for that reason. Uh, as I said earlier, you know, we can't criticise people when they have a bit of a dip. One of the things that was recently said about Johnson's approach is, you know, you've got to expect to lose now and again. And we could have lost today by 3 or 4 nil, and we mm-hmm. got a 2-2. Two, two. I gave McGeady a 4. I was erring towards a 3. I thought the first half he was incredibly wasteful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are starting to get onto us. I think they're starting to double mark people like McGeady and Wake to take them out of the game. Um, so he was very anonymous in the first half, trying to do too much at times. Um, in the second half, he, he picked up a little bit, um, really good ball into Charlie Wake about 57, mm-hmm. 58 minutes. That Wake skied with his left foot. You know, I think it was the right thing to do to take him off when we did. Um, so I'll give him a, a four. And uh, I hope that he, you know, he, he returns, you know, as he has been in the last few games because the guy's been untouchable at times. Yeah, well, I think your four's probably a, a, a fair average since though. I've given him a three and Jimmy's gone for five, which is inexplicable. That's pushing itself, I think. I think that <laughs> yeah, really pushing is pushing it, seeing as though he touched the ball three times and one of them was to give it away in the middle of the park. Anyway, we've got subs. They were on for so long, I'm going to... Let, let's take them in turn because they actually were the people who affected the game in the end. I'll yeah. take Jordan Jones. Running out of the defence was fantastic. Brilliant goal on 75. I mean, what a finish. It was just outstanding. But good crossing on 81. He was winning the free kicks that Maguire was getting in the middle. I think my seven is a little bit harsh on him. It's the same as what the same as what Jimmy's given him. But we're going to argue about this, I think, in Man of the Match in a little bit. Uh, Mike, do you want... Uh, well, we'll not... Well, it's not fair on Grant to give him a rating. Do you want Chris, <laughs> do you want Chris Maguire then, Mike? Yeah, as I said already, the king is back. His deliveries were really, really good today. I, was it maybe four or five crosses he put into, into the box? All on the money. Um, we probably should have done better with them. And if we did, we could have won the game, which mm-hmm. would have been inexplicable in itself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, made a serious impact. And what can we say about that goal at the end? Absolutely brilliant finish. Uh, great to see him back in form. And hopefully you continue with it. I've given him a seven as well. Seven. I think that's yeah, I think that's a little bit harsh. I've gone for an eight. We've got an eight from Jimmy as well on, on that as well. So we, we're, nobody's too far from, from one another on these ratings. Uh, Malk, I'm going to give you Jack Diamond and Carl Winchester together. What did you think of them two? 
Uh, I think they both did well. I think they um, Diamond, you know, stretched the width of the pitch quite well when he came on. He was hugging mm-hmm. the touch line. He, he won a corner in the seventy odd minute. That White headed over, um, which on another day White probably would have banged into the back of the net. You know, so I think I think um, Diamond did reasonably well when he came on. Uh, so I gave him a six. Uh, Winchester. Similarly, I think we were talking maybe before the recording, Rich, that, you know, he was tidy on the ball. He Mm -hmm. he didn't do anything stupid. He needs to step up now because if Grant's shoulder injury or whatever arm injury he's got is going to keep him out for a few weeks, then Winchester's one of those guys who's going to have to potentially step into that midfield and and fill the gap you know he's one of the options so but I give Winchester a six as well a decent performance mm. he probably wasn't ready to come on because Grant's gone on and he might have come on a bit later on but yeah pair of sixes for Diamond and Winchester for me yeah you've matched up Jimmy perfectly there I gave them both a five I didn't think the effect of the game particularly but there's no reason to not go up to a six for them so we come to man of the match I'll let you go first Mark you're very kind. Thank you, Rich. Um, <laughs> so I, I think Jordan Jones deserves it. I do think he deserved an eight uh, rather than a seven, Rich, but everybody's mm-hmm. got their own opinion and I respect that. <laughs> um, what he did for me was he he turned their defence and he did it successfully such that for the rest of the half hour or so that he was on 35 minutes or whatever it was with the injury time, he was winning free kicks by proving he can beat these people. And once you get the ref on your side with things like that, you're just going to keep building pressure in the opposition third and giving people like Maguire the opportunity to drill those balls in and potentially win a game that you're, you're happy that you even got a point from. So um, I think Jones is knocking on the door for a start and uh, he was definitely my man of the match today. He was, he was, you know, and that goal, bloody hell, that was absolutely stunning. Mm. You know, I mean, we remember Gooch doing stuff like that, you know, and, and some of the other mm-hmm. players as well. Gooch for me is turning into the modern day Duncan Watmore. You know, he needs to get his head up and stop running around like a headless chicken, you know. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, definitely Jones for me and hopefully he gets a start out of this because he deserves it. Great. And uh, what did you have, Mike? Uh, I'm going to go for Callum McFadzine. <laughs> really? That's my machine gun. Because, yeah. because he left the pitch successfully. <laughs> no, I, I have. Um, I, I agree with everything Malk said there, but I, I went down with Chris Maguire. Just, um, I suppose, maybe it's got to do with the fact that he hasn't played well for so long when he came on. It was great to see him in the form he was. Uh, as I said already, his crossing was brilliant. Uh, he, he nearly assisted a few. It could have been a winner. And I thought, obviously, he got the, the last minute equaliser, which is what got us the point in the end. Um, I mean, I wouldn't really dispute Jordan Jones getting it, but I think I think Chris Maguire deserves it just as much. Well, I've got the casting vote here then. And I, I, I'm going to go with Chris Maguire. And, and, and I do think it's really, really close. So I don't think you're wrong necessarily, Malk. But I think when you come on with half an hour left in a game and you produce four bits of quality, one of which is a outstanding goal to get a point that we really hardly deserved out of the game uh, I think you, you can't not be man of the match when you do that so yeah absolutely fantastic performance by by Chris McGuire and he's, it gets out man of the match this week so um, we come to rate the manager uh, Malk uh, what did you give Lee Johnson today? I'm going to give him a five um, mm. I think he I think he got the formation wrong in the first half to be fair to crew, they they were a big part in their own success in the first half. So clearly they did their homework. They knew they could attack McFadzian. They knew that um, you know if they pressed and they didn't stand off us like other teams have, then they're probably going to get more fun and more joy. 
in the second half, um, I think the sub should have come on sooner. Um, and we might well have won a, go- a game that we probably didn't even deserve to draw. But yeah, he's still doing a, a good job. You know, he got a draw with the changes that he made. But that that was a bad day at the office defensively. And the formation caused that. And he chose the formation. So he gets five from me. And Mike, uh, what what did you rate Johnson as? Yeah, I'd go one higher than Malk there. I gave him a six. Um, I completely agree with Malk said about the formation. He hundred percent got that wrong. And um, I mean, you could probably argue that he got team selection wrong with um certain individuals that are probably living on borrowed time at the moment. Um, but at the same time, you have to I suppose even it up by saying he he made the subs that made a difference. And I think it was a bold move to bring four players on at once. Mm. Um, you would never see Phil Parkinson or even Jack Ross for that matter to do something like that. So. Uh, you have to give credit to him for that. And obviously the subs he made got us to draw. So I think he kind of saved himself a little bit with those subs. And uh, I'd give him a six, yeah. I find it hard to disagree with either of you for your reasons. My mark was actually 5.5 for very similar reasons, I think. Yeah, I didn't expect to see only one change. I thought we'd have more than one. And I think the fact that we only had one change at the start was a large part of why we looked so flat and leggy mm. and tired in the first half in the second half he, he made the change when it was needed it worked it got us the point it could have got us all three points yeah five six I think so yeah so that brings us to the end of this podcast I just want to um, quickly give a shout out to the Sunderland Together fundraising campaign which uh, now has a target of £73,000 this is wow. The the opportunity to buy a commemorative ticket for the, the Czech trade, or what's it called? Papa John's trophy. I keep calling it Pizza Czech trophy. trophy. <laughs> <laughs> the pizza trophy <laughs> final in a couple of weeks' time against Tranmere. Obviously, we're not going to be able to be there, but you can go online and you can go to the crowdfunder. That's all over social media. The link will be in the description of this podcast. And if you donate a fiver, you can get a commemorative ticket to print out. If you donate a tenny, you can get a, a physical one sent to you. If you donate 100 quid, you get some sort of match day package. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work with everyone sat at home, but it'll be interesting. Uh, it's a hospitality package. And yeah, it's a great effort by the Foundation of Light and the club as well. And all the proceeds go to the charities Washington Mind, to the Salvation Army and to the Foundation of Light as well, as well as Sunderland Food Bank. So brilliant causes at the minute. You know, there's so many people who are struggling. So many people have lost their jobs, no fault of their own through this pandemic. It's just wonderful once again to see the community in Sunderland, the citizens of our city and the fan base around the world coming together to, you know, to raise an amazing amount of money. If they hit this target, we will have raised well over £100,000 the last few months for some of the poorest people in our community. So yeah, please do give what you can. So all that remains for me to say is thank you very much, Matt Dugdale. Thanks for having us, Rich. No worries. And thanks, Mike. Thanks, Rich. Good talking to you. Yeah, I need a beer after that. <laughs> all right. Speeches later. I think we all do. <laughs> Cheers, all right. fellas. Sarah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.